1: I've got both my co host Charlie and Curtis here with me today, which is not something that we are able to make happen very often. In fact, this occurrence is so rare, as you probably noticed with the intro, we have a couple of different intros that have been recorded for us with a voiceover. We have one that's for Curtis, one that's for Charlie when she's co-hosting with me. There's one when it's just me solo. We don't even have one where it's all three of us together. So this is not something that happens very often. So when we do make this happen, you know it's a pretty big show. And that's exactly what today's show is. This is a big one, guys. It is finally game week. We all got a little bit of a taste of college football this past weekend. It was great while it lasted. I loved every second of it. But that was just a little taste before we dive full-on headfirst into college football this weekend when Georgia kicks things off September 3rd in Atlanta against the Oregon Ducks. So, we literally cannot wait any longer. It is time to reveal our preseason predictions for the 2022 college football season. We've danced around it, guys, all offseason long. We've given you some thoughts here, some thoughts there on different teams, given you a few win totals that we like, gone back and forth on a few different teams. But today is the day that we give you our official, final, hold us to them preseason predictions. And we will dive deep into that here in just a moment. But first, I do want to remind you guys, before we get started, don't forget about our good friends at Alumni Hall. The countdown to kickoff, it is now officially under a week, guys. So you have less than a week to take advantage of our countdown to kickoff promo, getting 15% off your purchase in-store, and online simply by using the promo code GLORYUGA. I know life can be busy. I know most of us go about 100,000 miles an hour at all times, so it can be tough to kind of just sit down and get all that game day gear taken care of, but now is crunch time, guys. Again, less than a week. You've got to get your game day stuff if you haven't already, and there's no better place to do that at than Alumni Hall. It's basically like heaven on earth for a Georgia fan when you walk into that store, but even if you can't make it to Athens and you're shopping online, They have a fantastic online shopping experience. They deliver their stuff to you timely, and they take care, guys. Like, they genuinely care, and they pack it up real nice and neatly. So when you open, when you get that package, it just feels different. I mean, anytime you get Georgia gear from anywhere, it feels great. But when you get it from Alumni Hall and that package arrives, and it's wrapped up real nice with a nice note, it just feels different. It feels special. So do yourself a favor. Get that game day gear if you haven't already. They got all the different brands you can imagine. All the Nike stuff has come in, Nike Golf. Peter Millar, Johnny O, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Southern Tide. I know a lot of you are about to start firing up your tailgate. So whatever tailgate needs you have, Alumni Hall also has you guys covered there. Whatever you need for your home to decorate for the season, to let everybody know exactly who you root for, they've got you guys covered. So again, use promo code GLORYUGA, no spaces today through the next week, all the way through kickoff through September 3rd. And then our countdown to kickoff promotion, unfortunately, is over but you still have a little bit of time now to take advantage of it. But all right, let's go ahead, guys. Let's dive into this thing. Let's talk some college football. There's nothing more on earth that I like to do than actually watch and talk college football. So let's get this thing rolling. And Charlie is in here with me in studio, and I'm just going to turn things over to her to run the show the rest of the way. So Charlie, how are we doing
3: this? All right. Well, with three different voices on here today, we're going to try to keep this as simple as possible, which may still be difficult. We'll do our best. I also have papers to shuffle because I can't type this in a spreadsheet. I'm going to handwrite it and then later I'll put it into a spreadsheet for everybody.
1: Sounds great. Okay, I trust you.
3: So we've each picked every single game that will be played by SEC teams this fall, and we're going to go one division at a time and one person at a time within each division. It's already complicated. When we give our picks, we're going to start at the bottom of the division and work our way up, just giving you the team, their record, and maybe a brief explanation talking to you Tyler
1: okay shots fired
3: and then after we each give our picks for that division we'll dive into what we see differently about these teams does that work for everyone
1: so Curtis did you get that so it sounds like we're just we're giving our picks right we're starting so at the bottom. you're gonna start so if I started like the Vanderbilt
3: yes three and
1: nine or whatever Correct. and then just go up you got it okay I
3: got all this. right we Curtis we'll start with you
2: Okay, so at the bottom, Tyler kind of already uh, took some of my uh, ideas. I have Vanderbilt at three and nine. Building off of that, I have South Carolina going five and seven. Yikes. Then after that, I have Florida going eight and four, uh, Tennessee going nine and three, and Kentucky going 10 and two. And then and Georgia going 12 you? and 0. Oh Mizzou, I forgot about Mizzou. They're the, they're always an afterthought. I yeah, have I mean, it's the SEC. Go- like,
1: they're not. I mean, technically the SEC, but are they? <laughs>
2: they I have, have been Mizzou. For years. I have Mizzou going five and seven actually. So they are right there with South Carolina. And what did you say
1: for Georgia, Curtis?
2: Uh, for Georgia, I have twelve and zero.
1: Twelve and zero. Okay. All right. All right. I like those. I like those. My turn, or are you going?
3: You can go. Okay, there.
1: my turn. All right, let's go. Y'all ready for this? These are the picks, these are the right ones. Okay, bottom, Take top. note, take note, bottom, to top. I think I can do this. All right, I've got, I'm with Curtis. I got Vanderbilt coming in at three and nine. Then I've got Mizzou, Curtis. I'm not, I mean, not that you're high on Mizzou, but I'm a little lower on Mizzou. I got them going four and eight. Uh, yikes. Eli Drinkwitz might be in a danger territory. They go four and eight. Uh, then I've got South Carolina. Actually, I got Kentucky. Let's go, Kentucky. I think I have, yeah, Kentucky going six and six. I know people are not going to agree with that, but that's, I picked every team or every game and I got going six and six. I've got South Carolina actually winning in Lexington, going six and six. So slightly higher than you, Curtis. Um, I've got Florida also going six and six, not as high on Florida this year, Kurt. And then I've got Georgia also. I'm with you on this, man. I got us going 12 and zero, the ultimate homer pick. I'll own it.
3: And what about Tennessee? Because oh, I, I skipped Tennessee. I should have better explained this mm-hmm. when I said bottom to top. Y'all were thinking like worst in the division. Yes. I was thinking like up the helmet schedule. Oh yeah, so
1: yeah, that's what we did. Y'all what y'all, okay, okay.
3: Those forgot. Teams.
1: Yes, we, we 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 all did our picks on a helmet schedule, and that's why I'm like trying to. Curtis was doing the same thing. I I, I saw there or listened to it, uh, where we were like trying to say, okay, well, who's like. Six, who's fifth? Because it's not exactly in that order. We just pick the games and
3: well, Tennessee, because you forgot. Yeah, I skipped
1: Tennessee. My bad. So Tennessee, I got going nine and three. That was the same as you, right, Kurt. Yes, that is correct. correct. Okay, nine and three. So we're both at nine and three. So there we go. That's that's my SEC. So am I supposed
3: to go worse than the SEC East? Because I was thinking I was just going up the sheet to make it easier. Charlie, you're the
1: host, you do it however however you want to.
3: It's confusing because we all think Vandy is the worst team in the well. I mean, I think
1: that's universal.
3: So I have Vandy at four and eight. I gave them. So you one. have them beating Wake. I ha- I know they lose that game. What you have them winning an SEC game. I do. Oh, Missouri.
1: Oh, poor Missouri. Dreamers yeah. might get fired if they lose that game.
3: Well, well, he'll still have that Star Wars costume. That he will. All right, so Vandy going four and eight. Next, I have a three-way tie with six and six with South Carolina, Mizzou, and Florida. After that, Kentucky going seven and five, Tennessee coming in second place at nine and three, and Georgia twelve and zero. So, predictably, we all have Georgia going twelve and zero. I'm just going to ask what a lot of people listening are probably thinking, which is, is this a homer pick, or are the dogs really going to be that good again this season? Curtis, what do you think?
2: Um, I I think you. I think the dogs are going to be that good this season. Realistically, when you look at their schedule outside of, say, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky on the second half and in the first half, South Carolina and Auburn game, other than – I mean, you can throw in Oregon too, but especially in the SEC schedule, outside of those four, they're all very winnable, or they're all – they're extremely winnable, and they should be won. And then if the four mentioned, I'd be shocked. Like, I don't think – Tyler and I talked about them earlier. I think last week when we said, you know, they're not really toss-up games. Um, per se so that's why I think that it's more of just what Georgia can do
3: all right Tyler do you want to defend yourself
1: I I, I'm not going to defend myself I'm going to give you an explanation I'm this is not a homer pick Charlie yes I'm a Georgia fan I mean it's fine like it I think we're gonna go 12-0 again we picked every single game if we played in the SEC West I would probably give us a lot we probably would lose one of those games well the fact is we do not and When you look at the schedule, there are games that when you go up and down the schedule, you look at and you go, huh, that could be a tricky spot. We've talked about them all off. I think Oregon. Curtis, you and I talked about this. Last week, we both think Oregon could be a trickier game than I think the average Georgia fan thinks. We should win that game, but it, it, it could end up being tricky. Week one, you never really know. You saw Nebraska Northwestern yesterday. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. If you did, good for you. I guess we sh- we should have because that's kind of just what Nebraska does. But like weird things happen week one. I mean, I I don't really see the South Carolina game as being that trap game that a lot of people think. I think it's it's been too there's been too much conversation around that game i think mississippi state could be a tricky game on the road late in the year it may be kentucky but the thing is when you're picking is georgia going to lose one of those games i can't see here and say oh yeah those teams are better than georgia we're gonna drop that game i think tennessee's the best team on our schedule this year that we're gonna play in the regular season but we get that game at home if it was at tennessee honestly i'd still probably give us that win but it'd be a closer game but i mean i just being intellectually honest, Charlie, people can call this a homer pick if they want, and I'm sure they will. We're a Georgia podcast. We all have Georgia going 12-0, and so you know that's what it's going to be. And sure, I guess we look at things through our red and black glasses, but we are the significantly more talented team than every single team on our regular season schedule. That does not mean that we can't lose. More talented teams do lose from time to time. But if I'm sitting here in the preseason trying to predict what our record is going to be, how am I supposed to sit here and predict that we are going to lose to Mississippi State, that we're going to lose at Kentucky, that we're going to lose to Tennessee at home. Those things could happen, but they're far less likely to happen than I think us winning those games and going 12-0. and So that's, I guess, my defense, Charlie. Good enough?
3: Sounds good. Okay. I mean, we play in the SEC East. It's right. not that, as exactly. competitive as exactly. the West. So I looking mean, at the schedule, I think it's reasonable to say 12-0.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at our picks in the East, I mean, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what Curtis had, but I have us going 12-0, Tennessee 9-3, and then I don't have another team in the in the division going better than 6-6. and So what are those teams supposed to beat us? Maybe, but I don't know. I just don't see it.
3: All right. Well, we also all went against SEC media. Preseason pick and had Tennessee as the second place finisher in the East, going nine and three, with Kentucky one step behind them. Tyler, you had Kentucky the lowest, as which was I had Kentucky
1: at six and six, six
3: and six. Yeah. Okay, Um, you went with the anti-Chris Doring pick and have them, as you said, going six and six. Mm-hmm. Eh, not, not, not very generous there.
1: No. I mean, again, just being honest here.
3: So why do you see Tennessee as clearly the number two team in the SEC over Kentucky?
1: I mean, it's a fair question. I mean, when I say I have Kentucky going six and six, which kind of flies in the face. Like you mentioned Chris Doring, who had them going 10 and two and beating us. Like, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess I am the anti Chris Doring. But when I look at this Tennessee team, I think outside of Georgia, I still retain Tennessee and the rest of the SECs, the other six teams in the league. I think that Tennessee has the one thing that the other teams in the division, not named Georgia, don't have. They have an elite unit. Okay. They have that offense. That offense will be a top 10 offense. It was essentially last year. It's going to be again this year. And I believe that elite unit, that offense, is going to give Tennessee an edge in all those other games they play in the SEC East. And I, I mean again, I, I predict this offense to be I, I Curtis, like am I crazy? This is going to be a top 10 offense almost hands down, right?
2: Absolutely. And I think that's especially like when I compare those two teams, that's the biggest difference.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think like I know when I have Kentucky going six and six, like Tyler, you think they're going to be terrible. Like, no, I think Kentucky is going to be a good team. I just like when I look at Kentucky, a lot of the hype around Kentucky is built around Will, will Levis. And Will Levis was, was good ish, fine last year. I mean, and I, I will admit, I have a t- – I think that Mark Stoops is fantastic. I think he honestly. If a Kentucky fan wanted to make the case for Mark Stoops as like a top five coach in America, I would absolutely sit down, open my ears, and listen to that. I think he's fantastic. And that's why I'm not super confident in this Kentucky six and six pick because I just have that much respect for him and what he's done there. And I I admittedly have like a fear that he's going to like work his magic and kind of will this team to eight and nine wins but I mean, yeah, I know they won 10 games to the last four years, but there's also a five and six thrown in. there. There's an eight and four thrown in there too. It took him six seasons to get this program above seven wins. I know it's Kentucky and it takes some time. All I'm saying is that it's not unprecedented that Kentucky could go six and six or seven and five. And like people act like there's no way Kentucky goes six and six. Like, what are you talking about? It's Mark shoots Yeah, he's great, but it's, Still Kentucky football, and I'm just not a believer in Will Levis. I don't think they're elite at anything. They're going to be good on defense because they're always good on defense. you got guys like Justin Rogers, Octavius Oxendine in the front seven, J.J. Weaver's a good pass rusher. I just don't believe the offense, especially Sands, Wandel Robinson. He really – Honestly, he covered up for a lot of the issues they had offensively last year. I think there's gonna be more put on Will Levis this year. Chris Rodriguez, I I, I would have had them going seven and five. Let me just say, I would have had them going seven and five and beating Florida in week two. But with the Chris Rodriguez suspension, this four game suspension, open the season, I had to go back on that. I think he's that important that offense. I think I have to put more on Will Levis to win that game. And I just don't see them going on the road at Florida without Chris, Rod- Chris Rodriguez and winning that football game. So that dropped them back a step to six and six. But I think Tennessee just has – they have questions on defense for sure, but they have an elite unit, plus they get Kentucky at home. They beat Kentucky on the road last year. They get them in State in Stadium this year. I, got, I think Tennessee clearly is the number two team in the
2: division.
3: All right, so, Curtis, what's your reasoning for Tennessee over Kentucky besides having a top ten offense?
2: Um, I, well, I think that you also have to look at is they get, uh, as Tyler kind of mentioned, they get Kentucky at home. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing, especially in the second half of the year. Um, as I think Tennessee's defense is their weakness, yes, but it gives that defense time to get going. Um, so I think end of the, you know, end of the year type game um, going into week nine at Tennessee, it's a tough place to play, especially with that offense. If they're able to get any momentum, it's going to be hard for Kentucky to stay in that game.
3: All right. Next up, let's talk Florida. We all had Florida going either six and six or seven and five. So is this just another homer take because we all hate Florida or will this actually be another year to forget for Florida fans? Will they want to forget a lot of those recently? Um, Curtis, why won't Florida be a contender in year one of Billy Napier's tenure?
2: I think you just have to look at the schedule. Um, realistically, first off, uh, when you look at the West, you have their forever opponent in LSU. And then you also draw A&M, which I think could be a very difficult game. Um, so I think both of the games against the West this year are losses. Um, and then even week one against Utah, I know it's at home. But Utah, a more experienced team, um, game one under Billy and it's hard to really know what Florida is going to do. Um, I don't, he hasn't been there. He hasn't been in this experience at Florida. Um, I think there's a lot of unknowns, and I think Utah's more of a proven team going into that game. And then um, week four at Tennessee, I just think that, you know, their first three games are at home. Their first road game of the year is going to be in Knoxville against a really good offensive team. I think this spells trouble for them.
3: All right. Tyler, is there any way Florida goes better than 7-5? Seven, seven
1: better than 7-5? and five? Right. Well, I have them at six and six, so that's a stretch. that's like that's two games better than what I have them. Um, I think they can go seven and five reasonably. I have them losing the last game of the year at Florida State. I mean, I don't. Curtis, did you watch the Florida State Duquesne game at all yesterday?
2: Uh, I tried I, a little bit, but they weren't any. It was just yeah, it's hard, was hard to watch those.
1: Yeah, I, I watched the first half because I had a little bit of money on that game. I just kind of want to see what Florida State had. You can't really take much from that, but I just think Florida State is further along. In the Mike Norvell tenure, then obviously Florida is in the Billy Napier tenure. I think there's going to be more of a transition for, for Florida than there is for the Knowles That game's at Florida State. Could they beat Florida State? Yeah, they, they kind of own Florida State of late, but I'm going to give Florida State the win there, and that's reasonable. You mentioned the Utah game, Curtis. I've already got money on Utah to go into Florida and win that game. I feel very, very strongly about that. It, they could win that game, though. I mean, it's not out of the question. I mean, it's they're coming down to the south. going to be hot. I know it's at night, but it's still going to be humid, tough. It's a tough game. But, I mean, look, I don't, I don't think they're going to beat Tennessee uh, they're at Tennessee. I don't see that happening. I don't. I mean, get LSU at home. Maybe we'll get to LSU later. Uh, I don't know how you feel about LSU, Curtis, but I'm a little bit higher on LSU than the average person out there. So I got LSU win that game. That's maybe one four to get at home at AM, You mentioned it, Curtis. I, I don't see them winning that football game. So seven well, better than seven and five, Charlie. No, I do not see eight and four for this year. I think seven and five is probably the ceiling for them. I I will say everything hinges on Anthony Richardson, a quarterback. If he's elite. If he's like truly, truly elite, okay, eight and four, maybe it's possible. Like if he's, like maybe they can find a way to be LSU and Florida State and get to eight and four, right? Maybe. But if he's like, if he's just really good at times and really bad at times, like he has been his entire career to this point, then yeah, I think six and six is probably the better bet. That's kind of what I'm leaning on right They They don't have anyone that scares you at receiver. And it's going to have to be him. And if if he is that guy, if he is him, then cool, good for them. But I, I right now I've just seen far more of him being an inconsistent player than being an elite player. I can't go that far yet.
3: All right. Let's talk one more team before we move on to the West. It's clear that none of us are buying the Shane Beamer hype um, at South Carolina. Tyler and I have the Gamecocks at least going bowling this year, but Curtis, you had them at five and seven, which is actually worse than their record last year. So in year two under Shane Beamer, Um, They actually have a quarterback this year. I I don't think they'll have a grad assistant playing quarterback. (laughs)
1: I mean, Um, we'll see.
3: So why will the Cox finish with a worse record in 2022? Who wants to take this one first?
1: Kurt, you want to take that?
2: Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to I I know we're not as high on the East as some people, but when you look at the schedule, I think that um, week two is a real tough game going to Arkansas is uh, going to be a very difficult game, especially draw from the West that more than people realize. Um, I, I mean, especially coming off last year, Arkansas returns a lot of players. I know they lost Traylon Burks, but they play a physical-type game, Um, especially at Arkansas. The crowd could be very loud. Um, And so I think already come week three, they're going to be one and two. And then you're at Kentucky. Then you draw A&M from the West. And then you're at Florida and at Clemson. And yes, you get Tennessee at home, but I don't think that's gonna benefit you any. Um I don't think they can score enough to compete with them.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Curtis. And like I have him six and six one exact same as last year. I think they're gonna be this is one of those weird S- situations where I think they're going to be better. They think the team will be better than the South Carolina team last year, but they're also not going to luck into having Auburn and Florida basically quit and, be, and deal with a bunch of injuries late in the season and get both those games at home and find a way to win those games, get to a bowl game. That's really what happened last year. That was a four and eight team. That was, a, that was a four and eight caliber team at best last year. And I'll give them credit. They, they found a way to get it done, but Auburn Bo Nix was out. They had basically quit at that point. There's a lot of, inner turmoil in that program. We know what was going on with Florida. They had clearly quit. There's no doubt there. And they find a way to win those games. They seek into a bowl game and they beat a North Carolina team who was not excited to be there at much higher expectation. That was a top 10 program, the preseason and they're sitting there playing. I think it was in the Belk bowl and South Carolina was just, just incredibly excited to be there. And it's a classic bowl game scenario where the team that's motivated comes out and wins a football game. It's a team that had higher expectations and is not excited to be there. So I know they finished strong and that's generated a lot of hope along with Spencer Rattler coming over and people love Shane Beamer and all the videos this guy does. I mean, whatever, good for him. But yeah, I mean, I don't think record wise, they will be better than last year. I I don't have them quite five and seven. I don't think that's crazy either. Uh, I mean, we're just one game different there. I mean, they could certainly miss a bowl. I have them honestly, I, the swing game I have for them is Kentucky. I have them winning at Kentucky. A little bit of a surprise pick there because I'm just not as high on Kentucky, and I, I think Carolina has a better, probably a better quarterback in that game, and honestly, have more talent than Kentucky does up and down that roster. We'll see. I mean, Kentucky could easily win that game, though. If they do, yeah, they go five and seven. I think it's the only game that we probably have different, Curtis. But yeah, six and six. I don't see much of an improvement from last year, Charlie. Record wise.
0: Let's go over to the West now.
3: Do we want to start from the bottom of the division as in worst You're record? You're the host, Charlie. You make these we'll, decisions. We'll do it the same way. We'll start with the worst record in the SEC West. Curtis, you go first.
2: Worst record in the SEC West. I believe, okay, I believe it is uh Mississippi State, and I have them going 6 and 6. Following them, I have so now the schedules are really messed up. All right. Following them, I have Ole Miss actually tied with Mississippi State at 6-6 six and six also. And then following that up, I have Arkansas at 9-3. and
3: three, Wow. Okay.
2: A&M at 10-2. and two, LSU at 11-1. And, and then oh. Alabama. Oh, no. oh, wait, wait. Auburn. I'm missing Auburn. Sorry. Auburn is five and seven. So actually Auburn is last. So it's Auburn, Mississippi state at six and six, Ole miss at six and six, Arkansas at nine and three, A&M at 10 and two LSU at 11 and one and Alabama at 12 and
1: oh. All right. 11 and one for LSU Curtis. I like that, man. I actually love that. All right. So my turn Charlie. Yes. Okay. All right. Curtis, you and I are on the same page. At LSU. We'll get to that in a second here, but all right. So I've got, I'm with you. I've got Auburn at the bottom of the SEC West. Um, I'm a little bit lower on them than you are, though, my friend. I got them going four and eight. I mean, he's going to be gone by, if if that works out that way, he's gone midseason. Yeah, I mean, Harson's gone. So then four and eight. Um, I then have, and after that, there's a big jump. I've got Ole Miss going eight and four. Mississippi State, a little bit higher on them than you, Kurt. I got them going eight and four, the Bizarro Dogs. And then I've got Arkansas at nine and three. I got A and M also at nine and three. Technically, I have A and have Arkansas ahead of A and M because I have Arkansas beating A and M. I have Arkansas losing at BYU, so it's a non-con game. I have them losing there. And then I have LSU. Curse! I thought I would be the high man on LSU. You did me one better. I've got the Bengal Tigers going ten and two, and I have the Crimson Tide. I guess it's a little bit of a surprise pick here. Not going twelve and zero. I have Bama going eleven and one.
3: Okay, well, I have. Let's see here. You got? Oh, okay. We all have. yeah. Auburn is at the bottom of a- Auburn's a low man. West. Auburn's yes. a low
1: man. Yeah, five
3: and seven. And did you see that TJ Finley won the yeah. quarterback job over? Yeah, what's his, Calzada. Uh, Calzada. Zach Calzone. Yeah, shouldn't have transferred. I don't know. Yo Calzada. All right, so five and seven for Auburn. Then we've got Arkansas going seven and five.
1: That's your hogs, Charlie. I know. Your boy Sam
3: Pittman. Followed by Mississippi State at eight and four. Then I have a tie with Ole Miss and LSU at nine and three. I'm not as high on LSU as you guys, but still I feel like nine and three is higher than what most of, the media yeah, most of them Yeah, mostly I mean thinking. their win total is six and a half, I think. Yeah. Still. And then let's see. Texas A&M 10 and 2 and Bama 12 and 0. So let's now start at the top. Curtis and I have Bama going undefeated. I thought long and hard about picking them to lose a game, but Tyler, you actually pulled the trigger. Who do you have Bama losing to and why are you dumb?
1: Okay, and that's another shot. Okay. All right, Charlie, I see how this is going. All right. All right, open season. Um all right, yeah, so I'm probably dumb here, but I have Bama losing in Baton Rouge to LSU. That's the game I have Bama losing. And it's, and this is not me saying, okay, Georgia undefeated, Bama 11 and 1, it means Georgia's better. That's not what I'm saying. Again, I, I, I said when I was talking about Georgia, if they played in the West, depending on where those games are played, we probably would drop a game or so in the West. I think the West is just that much better. I mean, I had one team going 4 and 8, and then everyone else was 8 and 4 or higher, as compared to the SEC East, where I had one team going 12 and 0, one team going 9 and 3, everyone else was 6 and 6 or lower. Bama is really, really good. You have the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. You have the guy that I think should have won the Heisman Trophy last year but was one of the best player, Will Anderson. They're fantastic. But there are some questions for this Alabama team that I need to see answered. I really do. I think there. Are, I've talked about this several times this This is nothing new for people who listen every week. I think there are some questions for Bama receiver. They have a lot of talent. I mean, it's all relative, right? We're not talking about like, oh, is Bama going to go six and six or twelve? No, it's like okay, the twelve no or eleven and one. I'm not 100% sold they have like a Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Jameson Williams type alpha number one answer receiver. We'll see. Um, it's certainly possible, but I, I'm just not sold on it yet. I need to see that. I think there are still some questions on the offensive line. I know Tyler Steen coming in over from Vanderbilt is a, a guy that thinks is going to be the answer at left tackle, and that gives them some some stability there. But I still have some questions there. I think they're really good. Uh, rushing the pass, there's no pass rush better than the, in the entire country no, Alabamas have Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. They are going to wreak havoc in backfields all season long. But I st- and they have a lot of veterans in the interior of that defensive line and linebacker, but they've all been around for a long time and haven't gone pro because they haven't been dominant. They haven't been that good. They're good. Again, it's all relative. But I think this is the interior of the of a defense, a middle of the defense that can actually uh, Against elite teams, you can find some success running the ball against them and kind of taking the pass rush equation out of out of the out of the deal. So, I mean, I am very high on LSU. I'm sure Charlie you probably have a question about them. I'll go to them more in detail here. I just think that's a really tough place to play. I do think LSU is gonna be far better than people give them credit for. I think Jaden Daniels could be the answer to them quarterback. I think LSU has a ton of talent. Are they as talented as Alabama? No, they aren't as talented, but playing at night in Tiger Stadium that game is going to be at night, it's going to happen. That is a very difficult proposition, even for a quarterback as talented and as experienced as Bryce Young. That's a difficult spot. And in years past, when the gap, when the talent gap was wide, you say, Okay, well, you know what? Alabama it doesn't matter, they're still going to go in there and win. And also, we have Coach O coaching, and the, there's dysfunction. I think Brian Kelly brings some stability, there's enough talent there to get that job done at home at night against Alabama. So I know I'm taking a little bit of a flyer there, but I think if Alabama is going to drop a game, I think LSU in Baton Rouge, Tiger stadium at night is the most likely spot. So yeah, I mean 12 and it might be the, the more likely answer here. I just think there's some questions for this, for this Bama team that they need to answer. I think the sec West is a murderer's row and there's a number of games. They could drop. It's not LSU. They could drop a game at Arkansas. I don't see a and M at home happening, but I mean, they lost them last year, I guess. I'm um, At Ole Miss, depending on what we see defensively from Ole Miss this year, could be a potentially tricky spot as well. So I think there's a, a couple of spots. I mean, at Tennessee, I th- Bama's far more talented than Tennessee, but that's going to be a crazy environment as well. So I just think there's some potential landmines for them. I think LSU being the most likely spot where they get caught.
3: All right, so Curtis, why do you think Bama will go undefeated, or why is Tyler wrong?
1: Another shot at me. Okay. Um, uh-
2: I think realistically, yes, it comes down to the LSU game. If they were going to lose one this year, But I just don't see LSU being there yet this year. I still think while Brian Kelly's going to have them much improved, that they still have a good distance to go. Um, And I think that the biggest question marks for them is going to be defensively. Um, And that's where I think, because last year the defense was what kept them in the game and they couldn't do anything offensively, but I think it's going to be in reverse this year. And that off they just don't have the defensive weapons to keep them in this game.
3: All right. Well, I think the most surprising pick to come out of this episode is that we all have LSU going at least 9 and 3. I'm that was my pick. Tyler, you have them 10 and 2. Curtis 11 and 1. Um we haven't seen anyone in the media really that high on LSU yet. Um Curtis, you were the boldest going 11 and 1 under Brian Kelly's first year in the SEC. Why are you so high on the Tigers?
2: Well, I think offensively, they're going to be extremely good. It's always been Brian Kelly's bread and butter. And especially with the transfer of Jaden Daniels in from Arizona State, I think it kind of gives him more of a weapon, which we have seen that the Brian Kelly offenses are always much improved when they have a more mobile quarterback. And that's what they're going to have this year. And then also, I mean, you – is it Boyette or I can't say it's his Boutte? last name correctly. Keyshawn yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Boutte is probably the best receiver in the SEC and probably one of the best in the nation. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that just, and then getting John Emery back in the run game, I just think that that's going to be where they're going to be more dangerous and how, where they're going to make a difference. Um, especially when you look at their schedule, I know they go to Florida, but other than that, they get a lot of the tough games at home. Um, well, I know I know A and M's on the road at the end of the year, but I feel like that's perfect timing for Brian Kelly to kind of make a statement win, get let his you know set the culture, and at the end of the year is usually when you start seeing those big wins by new coaches.
3: All right, Tyler, you have LSU beating Bama and going ten and two, but what I want to ask is why you have LSU over Texas A and M? Most people are picking A and M to be the top challenger to Bama this year, and not LSU.
1: Yeah, that's a very fair question, and it's hard for me to answer that, Charlie, because I don't necessarily think LSU will be better than A&M. It's just a function. of curse, you mentioned It's a function of how the schedule works out. I actually have. I, so I have LSU going 10-2. and I have them starting out 8-0, and then I have them, have them losing two of their last three. I have them beating Bama and then dropping the game the next week at Arkansas. So Bama body blow theory, and then obviously they're going to be high off that Bama win. I think, they, I think Arkansas trips them up the next week in Fayetteville, and then I do have them losing to A&M that last game of the regular season. But, again, I, it's, I think it's, we're splitting hairs between LSU and a and I, I would just say I think the gap between LSU and a is far smaller than the average college football talking head out there wants to project. Curtis, is that kind of where you are with, with these two teams?
2: Yeah, I don't think LSU is as far behind as everyone is under the impression they are
1: yeah i mean this this is lsu guys this is a an elite recruiting power themselves and we're a recruiting superpower alabama's a, a recruiting superpower ohio state a&m has become that lsu has been that for a while guys they're the only show in town in louisiana that is a talented roster the problem was the last couple of years they had a, a well i'm trying to be nice here um charlie give me a, a nice way to to hammer coach O here um they had a moron. Uh, can we just... No, no okay. that's, not that's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice. He wasn't, they, um,
3: he wasn't the best head they coach. They had a
1: guy who lucked into Joe Burrow, got him there, great, but then um, was distracted, shall we say, the last couple of years. I
3: think he's a Went better- through a
1: divorce and was hitting on women, going on dates when he was... Perhaps on road better trips. for
3: a position coach or a coordinator, a little in over his head. not head coach.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's, that's a nice way to say it. But I think honestly, that was, the problem. it was not talent. That was not the problem. If you look at this roster guys, I mean, Curtis, you mentioned Keishon Boutte. I think this is the best wide receivers in the league. It's not just Boutte. He's fantastic. Jack Besh is really good as well. They have a, a, a true freshman tight end. I'm very interested to see this guy. His name is Mason Taylor. Uh, Curtis, you, Did you see this, Curtis, where Brian Kelly was talking about saying he was going to have like a Brock Bowers type impact this year? Did you see that?
2: I did not see that, no.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what to believe. He was like a, he was a three-star recruit, so he wasn't highly rated, but apparently he's just opening eyes all over the place in fall camp there. So we'll see, but they're very high on him. you got your head coach basically saying he's going to be Brock Bowers this year. It's going to hit like him, I think, is what he said. But they have a ton of pass catchers there. Really high upside at quarterback with Jane Daniels. And if he doesn't end up being the guy, Garrett Dustmeyer did some really good things at the end of last year. And they have studs all over the defensive line. You guys probably remember this name. Mason Smith, right? Top 10 overall recruit a couple of years ago. He's still there. Jacqueline Roy, Ali Gay, BJ Oj- Ojolari could be one of the best pass rushers, not just in the SEC, but the entire country. He was really, really good as a true freshman a couple of years ago. Took a step back last year, dealt with some injuries but he's back again this year I think he's ready to have a big time year honestly the, the question for LSU is more so the secondary than it is really anywhere else in that defense and that's very un-LSU like but they have some guys coming in as transfers a couple of guys from Arkansas um, Joe Fouché at safety Greg Brooks at cornerbacks I think they'll be they're gonna be fine they brought in some good players from the transfer portal I think LSU is gonna be really 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 good this year far better than most people think they're going to be and I think when it comes down to them versus A and M, again we're splitting hairs here. They're both really, really talented. I know record-wise, I have LSU higher, but I think that's just a function of the schedule. I think LSU potentially could be better at quarterback. I think they could potentially be better on defense. And their best players are more upperclassmen than you know A and M. Obviously, this number one recruiting class—they're all freshmen. They ready to be all ready to be those guys right now. I have questions about that, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, really the difference here is LSU could spam that at home, and AM has to go to Tuscaloosa. So um, yeah, I mean we're splitting hairs. Are they're both very, very good. I actually have LSU losing in college station late in the year.
3: All right. Well, let's talk about Arkansas. You guys both have the Hogs yeah. Let's talk going. about Arkansas. I know. I feel bad. You guys have them going nine and three. I have them going seven and five. So Curtis convince me that I'm wrong on Arkansas.
2: I think the biggest thing when you look at Arkansas is kind of their schedule. Um, the if you were playing Cincinnati of the last two years, I think that's a loss right away, but they get a Cincinnati team that's facing a lot of turnover and at home. So I think that's a huge game and a huge opportunity for Arkansas to kind of get off on the right foot. And then outside that you get A&M. Um, the only losses I had were the um, A&M at home, Bama at home, and then LSU also at home, I believe. Um, but I mean, I could see them tripping up against say someone like Ole Miss um and mississippi state both but i just think that they're more solid teams of all together and i think that's gonna be the biggest difference you know they're not just elite on one side one side not just offensively or just defensively i think being a more balanced team is what's gonna allow them to beat teams like Ole miss and mississippi state because it takes balance to beat those two teams
3: all right tyler anything to add there
1: i mean Curtis said it very well there i mean i you can see my my helmet schedule here, Charlie. I have nine and three, but what is marked out there? Can you make that out? Eight and four. Eight and four. And I have, it was really the AM game. There's about 19 different marks. I have like loss, win, loss. I marked out four different times. So I went back and forth on that AM game that they, that they play annually in Dallas. There, Jerry's world. So, I mean, I can see Arkansas being aim 14 I think that at BYU is a very difficult game for them. I, I have them losing that game. That's a game they could win. There's a lot of, like, a ton of toss-up games for Arkansas. I mean, when I look at Arkansas' schedule, there's very few games where I say, okay, that's an automatic loss. Like, maybe – probably Bama, right? That's probably an automatic loss. Outside of that, I do not see any more automatic loss. I think there's a lot of toss-up games here. So, yeah, I mean, they, they – I have not beating Cincinnati – I guess they could potentially lose that game at home. I think they're going to win that game to open the season. They actually have some money on that game already. a that's the ultimate toss. Again, they beat AM last year. I think AM has more overall talent. But as you were saying, Curtis, Arkansas is more established. They have an identity. They have more continuity with both coordinators coming back this year. At Mississippi State, I had them losing that game. That's another game they could easily win. I mean, they could be lower than 9-3, and Charlie. You could be right. I think they could be higher. They could be maybe 10-2. and depending on how some of these games work, I actually have LSU. That's one of the games I have LSU dropping is um, in Fayetteville. So yeah, I mean, there, there's some games here that can go either way, but when you have a lot of toss-up games like that, what do I like to lean on? I like to lean on continuity and I like to lean on identity and I like to lean on leadership and returning stars and Arkansas checks every single one of those boxes. So I think Sam Pittman, your boy, Charlie, I mean, I'm, he's gotta be very disappointed in you right now. I, think, I
3: know. I feel bad. I'm,
1: I mean, I, I respect you being intellectually honest, though, Charlie. But I, I uh, yeah, I like the hogs. I like what they bring to the table this year. I, they're not a contender to win the division, but I think they're a contender to be potentially the number two team in the division, right up there.
0: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to Lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-ads.com. All
3: right. Um, Two more teams I want to talk about in the West, and then we'll try to get out of here. Tyler, you and I are both higher on Mississippi State than Curtis. We have them going eight and four. The win total is six and a half. So why are you higher on state than the average person?
1: Yeah, you mentioned the win total is six and a half, Charlie. I have spent the last three months, the entire summer, just staring at that daily and say, man, I really want to put some money on Mississippi State to go over six and a half. But the problem is, the reason I haven't actually done that yet, and I still can, I guess, technically. I have a a couple days left. I haven't done it because they play in the SC West. This is murderers road. This is the toughest division on college football. And I, I'm not confident in this eight and four pick, but I'm am higher on Mississippi state on the bizarro dogs than your average person. I've said this a couple times in the off season, but you go back and look at this team last year, they were, th- this was a, like, statistically speaking, this was like a nine and three caliber team last year. They were plus 1250 in their total yards margin, which was better than like Michigan state, better than Tennessee, better than Kentucky, better than all these teams who finished better records than them and have a and are viewed much more favorably coming into this season. I don't think a lot of people realize that Mississippi State, statistically speaking, was really, really good last year. Um, they're also top twenty in Bill Conley's returning production numbers from a year ago. So this team was really good last year. They returned a ton of production from that team last year. They just is all they were like Nebraska light. They weren't quite that bad in terms of like inventing ways to lose games, but they weren't that far off. They lost a the game to Arkansas last year in Fayetteville where they beat Arkansas up and down that field. I watched that game while they were playing last year. I've watched a couple times in the offseason. Like, Mississippi State wins that game like nine times out of ten. They had a kicker who missed four easy field goals and cost them that game. They opened up tryouts, open tryouts on campus for a kicker right after that. They've solved the kicker issue this year. They went out, transfer portal, gave a scholarship to a guy. You don't. I don't expect that to be an issue again this year. You got Will Rogers coming back in his third year as a starting quarterback for Mike Leach. And Mike Leach historically, when you have a quarterback around for three years, those have been big seasons for Mike Leach offenses, and I think that's going to be the case this year. They It's strange. People think of this Mike Leach offense as being like this you know, high-flying aerial attack, air-raid type stuff, and it's still an air-raid offense. But it's become much more, with how teams defend them, with the drop-eight tactic, it's become much more of a ball-control passing game. So don't run the ball at all, but it's a ball-control, short, intermediate passing game, and they just bleed the clock, and um, it, it, they just get first downs and keep turning turning the yardage over and over and over and I think defensively they have a lot more talent than I think most people realize. I think Mississippi State eight and four is a is a really solid pick. In fact, I'm I'm kind of talking myself into this, Charlie. I think I might go put some money on this right after this game, after this this episode.
3: All right. Well, Curtis, you have Mississippi State going six and six. So why is Tyler wrong? And why should again? He, and why should he not put money on this? Oh my god.
2: Well, I think with Mississippi State, the biggest thing is once again you kind of. look you look at their schedule first off. You have Alabama, Kentucky. I see Tyler's not as high on Kentucky as I am. I think while um, Mississippi State has a better offense than Kentucky, I think Kentucky's more balanced attack is going to what is going to what's going to be the difference maker in that game and allow can, give Kentucky the edge at home, especially with that environment. And then they're also at LSU in week three, so I think those are three extremely tough road games that's going to be hard to expect them to come with. Um, Wins out of those, and then I think A and M is a better team. Um, I think Arkansas is a better, more balanced team, as I've been talking about. And I think it takes balance to be Mississippi State. And then also, I think I have them. I do have them losing to Georgia. And So to me, it's the three tough road games, and then the three tough opponents that are more balanced and I think more talented at home against Mississippi State.
1: All right, that's that's fair, curse That's reasonable. I'm not, I can't really argue with that. Honestly, like, I realize that I'm higher at Mississippi State. I'm looking at my at this helmet schedule right now. I do. You mentioned LSU. I had them losing that game. I have them uh, I do have them beating Arkansas at home because they should have been Arkansas last year. That's an ultimate revenge game. I do have them winning at Kentucky, Curse. I, I re- that's fully hundred percent a a um a swing game. That we'll see what happens there. Um Auburn, everyone's gonna beat Auburn this year. Uh, and I have them I have them beating Ole Miss. And, and Charlie, you can see this again here. You're here in the studio. I have marked that out a couple of times as well. So I, I you're not wrong, Curse. Like that's entirely reasonable. I had them go I went back and forth with them losing or beating Ole Miss I, I landed on them ultimately winning that game but like seven and five is certainly very possible six and six I, I think they're better than six and six but it's not out of the question either
3: all right and the last team I want to get to is Auburn all three of them of us have them missing a bowl game this year Curtis why will Auburn be the worst non-Vandy team in the SEC this year
2: um, I think first off, you just have to look at their roster. Um, they're not as they haven't been recruiting well, especially last year under Harson, and then the first year under him, really when they made the change with from Malzahn, it kind of put them behind the eight ball two years in a row in recruiting. Um, and you're kind of this is where you're really going to start seeing it. You had some of the more talented players leave. Um, I don't believe TJ Finley's gonna be a difference maker a quarterback. And then you look at their schedule. I know Penn State is actually I had them beating Penn State. Um, I, I think realistically, what's gonna kill them is they're I have them going on a six game losing streak, starting with a loss against LSU, um, then losing at Georgia, at Ole Miss, um, and then at home against Arkansas, at Mississippi State, and then at home against A and M. And I think ultimately I have them losing seven out of their final eight, and that's just gonna be the difference. Oh, it's about I don't think they're gonna make it out of that stretch.
3: All right, Tyler, you actually have the Tigers going four and eight. What are you seeing with this team this year?
2: Well, first off, I just don't
1: believe in any other quarterbacks. I know we mentioned TJ Finley. Looks like he's going to be the guy... That was announced earlier today, actually. And if you've been paying attention to Auburn's fall camp, that shouldn't be a surprise. Zach Calzada missed the entire spring with an injury, so he was behind. He was already behind in terms of not really knowing the offense and just the familiarity with the program. So he was going to have to make a big jump in fall camp to win this job, and that just did not happen. So TJ Finley was able to fend him off, and now he's going to be the starter. But this is a guy who's like a career 56% completion percentage guy, averaging 6.6 yards per attempt through his first two years as a college quarterback, 11 touchdowns to six interceptions. If you watched him last year, I talked earlier in the year about how South Carolina got really lucky, kind of Falling into Auburn at home and TJ Finley was their quarterback because TJ Finley was terrible. TJ Finley was terrible in the ballgame. game huge. he was not good. If Bo Nix had played against Alabama, it, they would have won that game. And that's saying something coming from me because you guys know how I feel about Bo Nix. TJ Finley is worse. He's a comparable level passer in terms of completion percentage and accuracy and reading defenses and those kind of things. But he doesn't have the athleticism that Bo Nix had to lean on because at least Bo Nix had that and never used that enough in my opinion. When they had Bo Nix there on campus, but Finley, they have no option. They cannot use that with him. He is not that type of player. So I think, honestly, again, this is saying something considering how I feel about Bo Nix. They are they are downgrading at quarterback this year. They do probably have the best offensive line they've had in a couple years there on the plains, but they're really thin. And the offensive line, it's the SEC teams get banged up. We saw that last year with our offensive line. And but here's the bigger thing. It's, it's beyond just quarterback. Beyond just offensive line. Outside of Tank Bigsby, I will give them Tank Bigsby as a playmaker. But outside of him, I just don't know who those playmakers are on that offense. Like, who are those guys? Cedric Jackson? John Samuel Shanker? I mean, that's the guy you're relying on to be your playmaker? And again, you don't have a playmaker with his legs at quarterback this year. So I just have a tough time seeing how they're going to move the ball consistently in the SEC West. Again, the division, I think is the toughest division in all of college football. So I just don't see it offensively. And then defensively, the front seven is solid. Derek Hall is a good pass rusher. Owen Papo has talent. It's never really translated consistently at the college level, but he's a talented guy, and maybe this is the year he stays healthy and puts it all together. That's possible. So the front seven is solid, but there are nothing but questions in the back end of that defense. Losing stalwarts like Roger McCreary and Smoke Monday, they have a ton of questions in the back end of that defense. So I just don't really believe in this offense. I don't believe in the defense. I don't believe in the quarterback. I don't believe in the coach. I don't really believe in anything Within this Auburn program, outside of maybe Tank Bigsby. Now, saying all that, if they play in the ACC Coastal, this is probably a seven and five, eight and four team. It's all relative to w- your situation, right? Unfortunately for Auburn, they just happen to play in the ACC West. So, yeah, seven and five, eight and four in the ACC Coastal or in the Big Twelve that equates to about four and eight, five and seven in the ACC West. I mean, especially when you factor in they have a crossover game at Georgia, a non-conference game against Penn State. And I just don't see this team getting to six and six and making a bowl game. And if they go four and eight, if they go five and seven, if they miss a the bowl, heck, even if they make a bowl at six and six, I think there's a very good chance Brian Harson is gone, especially with the the news this week that Alan Green has already been ousted. He's the guy who hired Brian Harson. He went out on the limb, hired him against the wishes of the boosters. The boosters they failed in their first coup against Brian Harsin. They weren't able to get him out. But they got Alan Green, the AD, out, the guy who was protecting and hired Brian Harson. So you can imagine Brian Harson is next. They're just laying the groundwork for that. And if he has a 6-6 six and six year, even if they get to that point, I think he's gone. So I don't think it's going to be a good year for Auburn. I don't think it's going to be a good year for Brian Harsin. They're going to be back to square one next year.
3: All right. Well, two more questions for you. And we'll dive deeper into this later this season. But who do you have winning the SEC championship? Um, I
2: have Alabama winning the SEC championship this year. I think that the difference on offense and especially with the pass rushers, I think it's gonna give them the edge against almost any team they play right now. Um, just the amount of experience they have coming back.
3: Now I have Bama winning the SEC championship this year. They're gonna want payback. Tyler, who do you have winning the SEC championship in December?
1: Oh, this pains me, Charlie. I really, 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 really don't want to pick Alabama. Both of you have already done so, but unfortunately, trying to be as objective as possible here. I know you know people think when I say 12-0 for Georgia in the regular season, I'm not being objective. That's just what I believe. I have to go with what I believe again here. You guys are right. I'm going Alabama here. Now, saying that, it's certainly not out of the realm possible that we're going to beat Alabama. I I know that that's the general consensus. Bama's the the number one team universally. Everyone thinks that and they're going to roll through the SEC and get the SEC championship game and with guys like Bryce Young and Will Anderson, how could they possibly lose to Georgia? They beat Georgia in the SEC title game last year so it's going to happen again. Georgia lost too much. And again, I'm picking Bama to win this game. I think it's closer than most people want to make it out to be. I certainly think we have a shot, especially by the time we get to the end of the season. If we played them week one, they would probably beat us, and that would suck. But we're not playing them week one. If we play them, it will be week, what, 14 in the SEC Championship game? And I think we'll be a much different team. A lot of those youngsters on defense will have grown up, and I think this will be a very different Georgia team come that time of year, as long as we can stay healthy, knock on wood. But if I'm predicting right now, which is what I have to do, Although I do think Bama has some questions, more questions than people want to actually talk about, as I detailed earlier in the episode, it's, it's pretty fair to say they have fewer questions than we have this year. They have more production returning on both sides of the ball. We have a ton of production returning offensively, but obviously defensively we're losing a ton. So there's just fewer questions for this Alabama team, plus you have the Heisman Trophy winner. I keep going back to this, and the guy I think should have won the Heisman Trophy last year it's tough to not predict them. If I had to pick right now, gun to my head, had to put money on it, I would pick Alabama, but I certainly don't think that's a done deal. I think we have a, a very good shot to go in there and win that game as well. But right now, sitting here, what is this, August 28th,
2: got to go Bama.
3: All right, and then last thing for this show, give us your playoff picks.
2: Um, playoff picks, I'm going to go with um, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia.
1: Georgia right. coming number four, Curtis?
2: Um, yeah, three or four in that range, similar to last year.
1: But losing to Bama and sneaking in like last year. Okay, gotcha.
2: Yeah.
3: Do you have Bama one and Georgia four for a rematch?
2: Um, I would probably go with Georgia three because I just don't think the um,
3: yeah, playoff I don't think people the would do that. do that. Which is crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: That they, they say that they, 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 they don't factor that in, but they clearly do. 100% they do.
3: All right, Tyler, who do you have in the playoffs? One, two, three, four.
1: Okay, I agree with Curtis for the most part here. We both have Alabama winning the SEC championship game. The one difference I have with him is I do have Alabama dropping one game in the regular season, so they would be a 12-1 conference champion. I think it's likely that Ohio State, certainly we could see Michigan beat them, Ohio State could drop a game. I think it's likely that Ohio State probably was undefeated through the regular season, beats the Little Sister of the poor from the Big Ten West, and ends up as the one seed in the college playoff with Bama coming in as the two seed. I then have Georgia coming in as the three seed. I had this going undefeated in the regular season. Now, here's the thing. If we drop a game in the regular season, it's very important that we not do that because that gives us a little bit of margin for error. Like last season, playing Alabama in the SEC championship game. If, if we drop a game, we're not getting in. Like, Charlie, if we end up, you know, was it, what would it be, 11-2? and two, We are not going to get in the college playoff. We have to be undefeated in the regular season if we're going to lose to Alabama. So that's what I have happening, and I have us getting the immediate rematch this season which would probably be in the Fiesta Bowl. I don't think Ohio State... Maybe Ohio State would choose. If they'd be the one seed, they would get first preference. I don't think that they would choose the Fiesta Bowl, but maybe. Who knows? But I think we would get that rematch with Alabama. And then number four... I have the Utah Utes. I just think the Pac- I think they're going to beat Florida to open the season. I think that's going to be really big for their resume. The Pac-12 team coming on the road. I know Florida's not going to be great, but still on the road week one. Challenge yourself like that. I think they're going to beat USC at home. Even if they drop the game to Oregon, I think they come back and they win the Pac-12 title game. And I think they get to the, uh, the playoffs as, an, as a 12-1 and conference champion and find themselves as the four seed facing Ohio State, probably in Atlanta, in the Peach Bowl. All
3: right, I have Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Utah. So we both have Utah. Curtis and I have... Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait Charlie, Charlie. I did not hear a Georgia in there. I
3: didn't, I, I did not put Georgia in the playoffs. First
1: off, how dare you?
3: I know, it's wrong.
1: Okay, well explain.
3: I just think we're going to lose to Bama and the Championship game. I do think Oklahoma is going to be better than people expect this year, since they actually have a defensive mm-hmm. mind yeah. as head coach. Yeah, Brent Venables, and in yeah. the Big Twelve, you know, they can. Who, they are, can who feasibly, are they going to lose to? Yeah,
1: if they win eleven and one, and they win the Big Twelve title game, we saw that story in 2018-2019 They got in the playoff over us, so that's not crazy. Charlie, and you have Utah. Is that who you said also?
3: Yeah. So we could we could get, lead into a whole nother discussion about playoff expansion and oh why it's God. necessary.
1: Your I do think Japan. I
3: do think that if Oklahoma gets into the playoffs, they lose first. They don't make it to the. So you finals. had Ohio
1: State as a two seed. Yes, oh, Ohio State would beat Oklahoma. Yeah, and then Bama Utah. So it would be for you. You would have
3: Bama and Ohio State. Bama Ohio
1: State. I would have. Hmm. I would have. Oh, Georgia Bama. I, I, I would go Georgia Ohio State national title game. We get the rematch. Same story as last and year. And who
3: would you have winning? uh,
1: uh Georgia. Defe- right. I don't think I don't think Ohio State's there defensively. I don't think Ohio State's there. De- if we played Ohio State at a neutral site, I think we beat Ohio State. Yes, their offense is fantastic, but defensively, I still have major questions. I think we would be able to run the football on them, and establish what we want to do offensively, and uh, by that time, defensively, I think we will be up to speed. And we you know, we might not be that dominant defense early in the year, but by that time. Yeah, we, we, we're going to be much closer to that, and I think that uh, we beat Ohio State.
3: All right, I have Bama winning the national championship. I did not get a chance to ask Curtis before he yeah, did the Yeah, Curtis had to jet out of call. here, yeah. So we will get back to y'all later this week we'll get Curtis when a he's chance, back yeah. on the show to find out who he thinks will win it all this year. Yeah, girlfriend
1: came calling. He had to leave. <laughs> it happens. It's okay. So Charlie's got Bama. Are you a secret Bama lover? No. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Just making sure. Because that's, I mean, that's almost like betrayal.
3: Okay, but... not nah, I'm just kidding. I'm But not you had to be intellectually honest.
1: That's right. That's what we try to do here. I know people don't believe that, but we try. We give it our best shot. But, uh, all right, guys. There you have it. Those are our final hold us to them picks like we do each and every season. At the end of the year, December, we'll come back and we will take... I guess, actually, if we have playoff picks and national title picks, we'll come back in January. But we will come back. We'll do a whole episode revisiting these and we'll go back and get each team each pick what we thought the records would be and where they actually finish we will hold ourselves accountable it's always a fun episode we'll get some right we'll get some wrong that's how this works but
3: we need to figure out a wager
1: okay well you work on that
3: I'll think about that
1: and if you guys have any ideas hit us up social media at glory underscore UGA but that's it guys football season is finally here we have a couple more appetizer games on Thursday that I'm actually really excited about I'm going to watch this backyard brawl it's been a long time since Pitt and West Virginia had played way too long, in my opinion. So that's going to be a fun game watching JT Daniels there for the Mountaineers. Then we've got another really interesting game. You got Penn State, the Nittany Lions traveling to Purdue. So some fun on Thursday. And then we finally get to the main event on Saturday, 3.30, Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Georgia, Oregon. Let's go. Can't wait. But thank you guys for being here. Always appreciate it. We're going to have a ton of awesome content for you guys all season long. When the season kicks off, you guys know how we do. If you're a newer listener, we're gonna have four episodes a week for you guys. We're gonna have our game recap episode that we'll do Sunday night, have that for you. Probably about eight o'clock Sunday night. Then we'll have a mailback episode, we'll have the game preview episode, and then we'll wrap the week up with our picks of the week. This week, since it's just week one, and we don't have a game to recap. We're going to have three episodes for you guys. We are going to have, obviously, this episode. We're going to have our game preview episode, and then we'll have our picks of the week, and then From there on, it'll be four episodes a week. So a lot of great stuff you guys look forward to. We are so excited to have you guys back for year eight. I've said it many times, but if it was not for each and every one of you, this show would not still be here. We would not still have the opportunity to do this. So thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We all appreciate it. And we are ready to have a blast covering another season of Georgia football here with you guys on the Gore UJ podcast. But for Charlie, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go
3: dogs.